certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? WA gripped by fear. All members of Western Australia have got a responsibility because these are our daughters and sisters. Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. Hello, I'm Natalie Bongiolo. In just a few days, the most anticipated trial in WA criminal history will get underway. Public interest in this case goes beyond anything we've ever seen before. While cameras aren't allowed inside the court, in this podcast, our aim is to bring you into the courtroom with us. WA's most experienced stable of journalists from Seven West Media. One of those being Tim Clark, the West Australian newspaper's legal affairs editor. Tim... This has been a long time coming and effectively, you know, West Australians have waited 23 years for this day. Yeah, it has been a long time coming that and uh, yeah, it's, I think everyone probably involved will be glad to, to, to get going but uh, obviously weary of, uh, of, of what's to come because um, there's obviously going to be revelations that are going to upset a lot of people, shock a lot of people um, and um, probably surprise a lot of people as well. Absolutely. And also in court, of course, will be veteran journalist from Channel 7, Alison Fan. Now, Ali, I don't want to give away your age here, but you have been reporting from inside courtrooms for more than 50 years. Have you ever seen anything like this? Have never seen anything like this. In fact, I think it's an extraordinary trial in both magnitude, length and complexity that no one has seen anything like this. I've spoken to senior criminal lawyers. It's a first for WA. What are you expecting from this trial? Well, I'm expecting it to be a fairly methodical trial, a procedural trial. It's not before a jury, so the um, case will be presented in a completely different way to any jury trial. It will be, um, and anyone who can expect it to be like a John Grisham novel where it's going to be wrapped up or a Hollywood LA law will be very disappointed. I think it'll be very, very methodical in the fact that with the forensic uh, material that's going to be presented, that will be presented in a very legal way because it's before a judge alone. There'll be no antics. They don't have to dumb it down for a jury in mum and dad's language, and they'll probably take it chronologically. But, of course, in there, there could be details that could be quite shocking, compelling. I think there'll be a lot of details that'll be shocking and compelling because it's going to involve DNA. And this is a trial that really hinges on DNA, one of the first that we've seen here in WA where the DNA, the forensic pathology, is absolutely at the forefront. I think, um, Tim, I think many people probably doubted anyone would ever stand trial for these murders. It really was a bombshell when Bradley Edwards was charged. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember taking the call personally myself from, from the news desk um, sort of late that night, um, the day before it was officially announced by W Police and WA Police, and uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I don't think my uh, chief of staff at the time could believe that he, what he was telling me. Um, certainly the police reporters that then you know, were rushing around trying to confirm these details when I spoke to them later that night, they couldn't believe what they were having to write. Um, it was just one of those 
you know, cliched moments that I suppose you'll always remember where you were. Um, but then, you know, I've been in court now probably every appearance since Mr. Edwards first appeared in that on, on, on that day in December 2016. And um, the sort of... The, the, the scratch your head moments still keep coming um, because, uh, well, as my editor said to me a, a few months ago, we waited, everyone waited so long for any detail about the Claremont investigation, let alone the person that they might have, might arrest. And then, you know, o o over the, the years since the arrest, those details have sort of drip fed out. And then in the last six months leading up to the trial, the details of, of uh, it's you know, the floodgates have opened, really, and we've learned so much about what the police were doing for all those years and, and obviously so much about what they've been doing since the arrest, even, on the investigation. And, Elliot, must have also been quite a stunning development for yourself as well, having covered the case back in 1996 and 1997 and then in the following decades it must have come as a huge surprise to you too. Totally, because um, these shocking murders have dominated everyone's thoughts for the past um, 23 years or so, and no one ever thought they were going to be resolved after this long. And um, I think um, the families have waited so long, especially the Spears family, where Sarah's body has never been found. They've been through agony right through all of that time, and I don't think they ever thought it was going to be resolved either. So let's hope that this trial does bring some answers for them, although I think it's going to be a long quest for justice. Tim, how much of what you hear when you're sitting in the courtroom every day will you be able to reveal in this podcast? I mean, I was, as much as I, I possibly could and, and can do, because going back to the original question about public interest, um, and it is... And the judge has made it very clear that despite the, the enormity of the case, he's very, very aware of um, the, the, the need, really, for the public to know um, what's going on every day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it will be, as much as the, um, the evidence is going to be um, gruesome in parts and shocking in parts, probably a little bit dry and boring in parts um, with the, the DNA stuff, um, it's important that it all gets out there or as much as possibly can gets out there because the, um, the people um, of Western Australia want to know. They have a right to know. Um, and they, you know, let's, let's be honest, they're paying a lot of money through their taxes to, um, to, um, to have it all running smoothly. And for the majority of people who've probably never stepped foot into a courtroom, can you paint us a bit of a picture? Who would be present in the room? You know, do you expect the victims' families would attend for the duration of the trial? Uh, Don Spears, um, Sarah's father, and Dennis Glennon, Kira's father, have been present in in, in the vast majority of the the the, um, the hearings leading up to the trial. So I'm sure there'll be there'll be a presence there. Um, as Ali says, this is no usual trial. I mean, you know, you're, you're normal. You know, well, there's no normal murder trial, but you're sort of a, a more everyday murder trial. You might get um, sort of, you know, five, ten, maybe fifteen sort of family members and onlookers. I mean, the court is making provisions for um, hundreds of people to turn up. They've got they've, they've got the largest court in the in the jurisdiction open, eighty public seats there. They're going to be streaming it into another courtroom in another building for um, for. Um, sort of spill over people if they can't fit them all into that one um it, it, it's it, the size of it is is huge um and yeah i mean it, it, everyone's going to want a piece of it
what can you tell us about Carmel Barbagallo? Yeah, so she's um, she's currently the deputy um, DPP in Western Australia. Um, she's got a, a formidable reputation, um, having seen her personally in action. She doesn't back down. She pro- projects uh, a, a pretty formidable um, presence in court. Um, she's no um, stranger to high-profile um, murder cases um, and uh, doesn't lose many of those. I mean, she was, she, I mean, she was really on the front foot in trying to get this new fibre evidence in and, and, and basically implored the court to, to, to give her some more time, um, which Justice Hall was very loath to do, but eventually agreed because she said these fibres that we now know um, come from a, a pair of Telstra pants that... Um, the, the like of which that Bradley Edwards was wearing back in the day, um, she said, "Well, that's crucial. I mean, it's 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 it's, a, it's crucial evidence, and, and we should be allowed to bring it in." And, and eventually, um, she did get her way. So that so that sort of um, shows that even even with you know a sort of very senior judge in front of her, she's not afraid to to, to you know to really um, really push the boat out and try and get what she wants. And what about the man who will be sitting on the other side, the defence? Well, I don't Jovic. think, yeah, I don't think Paul Jovic will be taking a backward step. It could be quite feisty, actually, mm. between the two of them. All three of them are pre- oral prosecutors. Justice Hall was a f- former federal prosecutor. Paul Jovic was a DPP. So you've got three former prosecutors. But um, in trials like um, this, where they say the burden of proof is on the prosecution, everybody wants to win. That's they want to win this in this case particularly. Would they all know each other quite well? Would they, you know, have bumped into each other in the bar for a drink? Absolutely. Perth's a very small place, but that wouldn't influence their particular roles in this case. No, no they've probably got they've probably got to know each other a lot better over the last three years because, I mean, it's not just the uh, you know the standoffs in court that um, that you that we see publicly between the two lawyers. I mean, there would have been thousands of emails flying back and forth between Mr. Jovic's chambers and the DPP's office about we want to put this in. We why 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 can't you put you know why can't you let us put that in? I mean, um, I mean whether they like each other at the end of it is another question, but. I'm pretty sure they will certainly respect each other more after this because I mean it's a marathon already, um, and um, you know regardless of of outcome, um, you know you you have to respect your opponent, I suppose, as well as fear them a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean their their knowledge of each other's tactics would be uh, intimate at this point, and and uh, and will probably be more so in uh, in six months' time or so. Well, thank you both. It's obviously going to be a pivotal moment in WA history. Uh, the trial starts Monday, 25th of November. You'll both be there and providing us with details from within the courtroom for this daily podcast, which you can find on thewest.com.au or from your regular podcast providers. This podcast was hosted by Natalie Bongiolo, produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au.